Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Dude! Dude! That's fun. Four twenty. Let's party. Let's go protest party. What is it again? What are we doing on four twenty now? I'm a bit lost. Is it about magic mushrooms now, or is it about? What is it? Is it still? Can you hear? No. What? It's at. It's a protest. George Affleck. Four twenty is a protest, and they they don't go through the proper channels for permitting. Uh, They don't go through the city. They don't go through park board. They just go down to Sunset Beach and and gather and. And mm-hmm. set up tents and sell their wares without restriction uh, in the name of protesting for, wait for it, affordability for those who can't afford the medicine. Well, that's something. That's something. It's what it is. I mean, I think it's really about, you know, what do we, yeah, I think they're, I don't know. I mean, we got, they got everything they wanted, but I think they're just a bit, bit, bit of a stretch now. To me, it should be a celebration, but that's certainly you know, on a PR point of view. I guess it's an argument. Finding the niche within the niche, you know, as far as what we need to deal with, um, you know, I think there are the advocates that we've seen around for years are shifting a lot of their gears towards other products and protesting legalization of those. And as Canada moves towards legalization of other substances, I think, you know, we're certainly one of the most progressive countries in the world. Or decriminalization, um, at least. Yeah, decrim- right? Well, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's where we're I mean, at now. Is not I mean, it's like you can do no, but when you said other drugs, I'm just just yeah, yeah, clear. Yeah. We haven't. So, it's not legalization yeah. of recreational, no. you know, heroin at this point. It is decriminalization. Um, but what yeah. I will say about you know, I say it tongue in cheek with like the affordability. The government stores are making it too expensive for all people to access cannabis. Can you imagine if every worthy treatment painkiller drug? Mm-hmm needed anything if there was a protest for each of those things that existed like you know i just feel like as you said this is a stretch protesting if you're walking around downtown vancouver on mass like a parade to say we deserve access mm-hmm. we deserve is different than setting up a a basically a farmer's market without a yeah. like you can't even have a you yeah. can't even have a, a lemonade yeah. stand without somebody coming at you. You can't move or a hot food dogs. truck and, and right. Don't. That's twice <laughs> in love, a row I you've love, done that. I love poking you on that one. Ooh, look at your camera. For those not watching, uh, Jody has a fancy camera. She's making me look like a lame-o here. Her camera moves where her body moves, so it's kind of like crazy. Or her head moves no, no left, right. I'm getting a bit dizzy, Jody. Sorry, I'll stay still. It's like no. my cameraman. It's my cameraman. Your, cam- it's my- your invisible cameraman. Nice. So 420. Okay. Opinions. Let's give our unspun opinions here. So clearly we do, we do not agree that this is a protest and we will allow the, um, the people who have been. I th- your point. Profiting. Your point let the, me, yeah. Let your me point about say, the farmer's profiting. market is perfect though. That's dead on. Thanks. They're profiting and it's, it's unregulated and it's dangerous and it costs tax dollars to police and to clean up after and to remediate if it rains today i don't know what you know if it's raining right Mm -hmm. now then you can imagine that party there is going to cause no end of damage to our beautiful spot on sunset beach i would Mm -hmm. argue that you know there are greater places to hold this but they don't want to the people that are going to they we we, it, it has established itself i predict george affleck that this unsanctioned unpermitted event will go on indefinitely does it bother me no 
a dozen other than because I know I can't do anything about it. I've been mouthy about just like, hey, guys, can we do this in a way that doesn't cost our park for a good chunk mm -hmm. of spring well, and early summer? Parents out there whose 14 year old kids can go down there and buy as much pot as they want without anybody asking any questions. And they may deny that at this event. But that's what happens. They buy all. You can also do that on the art gallery. They can't steps. get at a store. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. But it does, you know, create a freedom that a lot of people have a problem with. So, and if you live down there, yeah. you can't breathe. Uh, if you live a block right. off that thing, it's like a waft of smoke. But you know, I don't want to sound like a little fogey. That's I just true. think that I just think that it's an it's an event, and they should follow all the same rules now as every other event in this city does. And perhaps with this new council and this new park board that we have, they certainly are talking about better events and making opening up things and but certainly costing i mean the i would argue that their argument which is a solid one which every event in the city has is the cost of policing is stratospheric it's ridiculous to it's putting events out of business because the police costs and the add-on add-on plus 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 it just yeah. makes it impossible to get the donors that you need to underwrite an event if you're out of the gate having to spend a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars on policing for your one day event it's insane. Yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And it's driving great events out of our city. It's a non-starter for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And it, yeah, I, I mean, I love the fact that, that the council and the mayor, uh, that, that the, the, the idea of expanding, as you and I have been talking about for 213 episodes of, of responsible consumption of alcohol and, and parks and at beaches. And it looks like that is going to be year round, which I kind of laughed at that it's like, 38 places will be in the spring, summer, no, winter, fall, winter, and spring, and then, but not in the summer, only 16 <laughs> in the summer. It's like, sorry, we become far less responsible when it's sunny out? Like, yeah, what? sun makes me want to drink. That's true, though. But uh, it's all about and? policing the, the responsibility and let us grow up, everybody. Come on, but we're, yeah, we're adults here. And if people become, we've talked about this a million times, and it's always the argument is if, if people get out of control, it's not an alcohol issue. It's a troublemaker issue. issue. And yeah. generally, when you have everybody accepting that there is alcohol permitted, families who come down, like I do with my kids, and we go down as a family, have a bottle of wine, we ride to Jericho, we'll have a nice picnic, you go out a bottle of wine, a couple of beers. Uh, somebody's having a, is somebody next to me is like going out again on control, which I, I, I don't think I've ever seen. I know that there's been occasions somewhere in Jericho and we certainly have seen during, during COVID, there was some madness going on, but more of an issue to me on the beaches these days and in the parks is people smoking pot. I, I find it. Yeah. It's, I used to hate cigarettes. Interesting. Now that's all gone. And now it seems okay for people to smoke pot on every single, and I'm sitting there on the beach with my kids or we're with, with friends, with little kids. And there's pot wafting in their faces. I mean, that is, to me, I, and I don't want to, again, I'm not like an old fart, but hey, you know what? We have, smoking's not allowed in our parks, and that should include marijuana, but it doesn't seem, or, or pot, or <laughs> we're calling Well, it. clearly with 420, I mean, taking us back to our last conversation. Yeah, yeah, like no, literally it's... in a park to smoke and smoke extra. And anyway, let's move on because there are yes. a, a long list of yeah, things a lot for of us stuff. to get to. A lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So last last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the clearing, uh, the decampment of the downtown east side, the removal mm -hmm. of the tents from the sidewalks as per the fire chief, Karen mm -hmm. Fry, saying this is not safe. We need to remove these. Uh, then there was the leaked heads up that the plan was in place 
with the mayor and council to actually remove the tents. And and we, we're not sure who leaked that information, um, but we can speculate, I guess, but there's a little bit of new news for, with some people who definitely don't agree with what the, uh, the mayor, the city, the fire department and the VPD have been doing to decamp. Yeah, I'm not, and it's, this is a, pro, uh, a letter, a strongly worded letter from 60 employees within Vancouver Coastal Health, not Vancouver Coastal Health itself. Uh, but it sort of, you know, makes you suspicious about maybe where this leak came from when you see this organization, which is crucial to the downtown east side and their role down there, saying they're not comfortable with this. I get a sense that the province in general and the NDP government is not comfortable with this decampment. Uh, certainly, in my experience with some of the people within city government who were aligned with the NDP, they were very uh, supportive of of camps. Um, so... I would say that it's, you know, this the, the thing that drives me crazy is that, you know, not, this is not so much the employees, but over the years, the power that Vancouver Coastal, Coastal Health has had in general in policymaking in our city, mostly in, in a negative way. I, I'm sorry, but I feel like, okay, the and I voted against this, which was the the um, uh, fences on Broadstreet Bridge were put in because Vancouver Coastal Health came and said, we have to do this. We have wine, no wine in our in our grocery stores in Vancouver because Vancouver Coastal said Vancouver Coastal Health said this was a dangerous precedent and would lead to more alcoholism, uh, and now we have them saying people the majority of people who seem to work in that area for Vancouver Coastal Health saying that the decampment is not uh, the right thing to do, and and I think well where does safety begin and end for Vancouver Coastal Health? Okay, we're going to put up fences up to keep people safe, but it's okay to have people in the downtown east side lighting themselves like their tents on fire overdosing people in a and and people getting threatened so that's okay but you know but let's put a fence up on Berard keep to keep people safe I, I I just the logic and then they were also supportive of all the pot shops that we had during during uh the pre-legalization uh, they have supported a mass 180 illegal uh stores that were across the city but they were against wine in grocery stores. I'm like, what is the logic of this organization? I, I was, I, was, I would ask these questions in council. I, I where, what, what, what is, what is? And did this? you ever get an answer? Like, did you ever? No, get they any? would. Oh, they would spin. Talk about spin. The spin I would get from Patricia Daly and all these people. It's like, what? Are, okay, nonsense. Nonsense. Mostly, I would be that, and I said that in council. I would say this is just ridiculous. This makes no sense. And so, therefore, would not support these things that they said. And I got a lot of trouble from people saying, oh, you can't say bad things about Vancouver Coastal Health. They do great work. But sometimes their political input is not necessary. Thank you very much. Please move on. Go do your job. I don't need you in the politics. And why, why, why the politics? Like, why does it seem that VCH is more so than Fraser Health or Island Health or Northern Health? Or, like, what is it about... Vancouver Coastal that's different or how did the people within that get their jobs are they all medical professionals who are chiming uh, in I, here are they staff like what is it I, I aren't I, my I, novice no no I think I think there was a nanny state mentality under Vision Vancouver and and followed okay. by Kennedy Stewart uh, that leveraged the role of Vancouver Coastal Health to push their agenda forward uh, right. by having them come and present to council and it empowered them and gave them this ability for uh, Vision Vancouver at that time to change a lot of decisions and because Vancouver right. Coastal Health would say these things. And I'm like, what? This is, staff have come with the report. They, they've done their due diligence and, and Vancouver Coastal Health comes in and says something and suddenly we're changing it. What, where is the research on this? Why? 
And you can only imagine, in my mind, it was definitely an agenda driven by the politicians at City Hall at that time with the support of Vancouver Coastal Health. Now, Vancouver Coastal Health may not have known they were being leveraged politically, um, but I think they were. And I think that I was always shocked at how conservative, and I said this many times when we talked about this, how conservative Vision Vancouver, who would be having considered left of center party, and Kennedy Stewart and the NDP, uh, are when it comes to these issues. It's very, very curious to me how uh, overly strict they are about our liber our liberty and uh, as humans or you know they're certainly not libertarians. It's, it's I don't get it. It's a, right. the, the left wing thinks we're we're God. We need to oversee. We need to take care of you. You don't understand how to manage yourselves. We're going to take care of you. And then it's like, well, actually, I have my free will. Thank you very much. I'd like to do some things on my own. I don't need government intruding on everything I do. Thanks. Yeah, thanks very much. You mentioned uh, the former mayor of Vancouver. Um, more news this week of unpaid bills uh, haunting that administration. I, Kennedy Stewart I mean, not paying his bills. So bad. So bad. It's such a bad look on his part. Um, but I'm sorry. Uh, I, I've worked with politicians. I've been a politician, but certainly the one thing you do if you're a supplier, note to any supplier for any party politician ever, get your money in advance. Never assume you're going to get paid after the fact. Once the election's over, good luck. It happens again and again, especially if they lose. And it's completely against the rules, but eventually you're not going to get your money if you don't get it. So don't work for a politician without getting your money in advance. It's yeah. happens. It's not just can it happens all the time. Um, and it's completely not cool. And the, and the repercussions are not significant. You know, they end up negotiating some crappy cents on the dollar. And uh, these suppliers take it because they, they're just like, I can't afford lawyers. I'm not gonna spend the same amount of money for $5,000 on five $5,000 for $5,000. <laughs> it's like it makes no mathematical sense. So get yeah. your money in advance. Don't ever trust a politician to pay you, especially during an election. Uh, and I just think it's what's sad the latest. What's the latest outstanding bill? Do we know? Uh, it's a, an advertising agency uh, that did a bunch of media buying and strategy and media ad strategy for him. Uh, and I think they're on the hook for the actual. It looks like I think the ad by itself they actually put it on their credit cards, which wow. is a lot of money. So you know, I think that's crazy. Wow, I know that is crazy almost as crazy as how uh the pool structure went last year that's not the best segue but damn man i better have access to my pool this year we were talking probably you're wearing a bathing suit problems, that doesn't but, uh... right, right gotta wear gotta, i wear an appropriate bathing suit i'm not, genitalia not showing also not swimming in jeans or a robe <laughs> which was another thing i'm like what so what we're referencing there is is news that um aquatic center staff so staff within the park board long arms right because it's park board are asking for the actual board to address the dress codes uh for uh pools in yeah. in and around uh vancouver which it's like who's <laughs> complaining about what now because i thought it was just about skimpy suits and stuff yeah, i'm like y'all yeah, well. need to go to spain man like, <laughs> one, you know young one running around with their boobs out it's like guess what in spain there are no tops on people so Everybody's yeah, fine. Nobody dies. Like it's just, you know. I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw Charles Gauthier's tweet. Uh, former BIA, yeah. DVBIA executive director or CEO, whatever his title was, there, uh, retired now. But he put a tweet out. The yeah. guy dressed in a full costume from the 1900s, 
um because that's immediately my mind jumped to that too it's like what or what is this silliness I know, really? it's nuts. but they but i gotta say we talked about it last week with the lifeguards and then no. this week the uh we actually had one of our favorite followers on twitter george uh mm retweet about this saying look someone's listening to you guys because the city did put out a hey you want to be lifeguard uh now's the yeah. time and i actually for a, for a second i thought maybe i'll just give up this media thing and goes be a lifeguard no <laughs> um, but it's a cool job right it's a cool job and i hope they reopen all the pools and that everything is in place and that you know uh the beaches are safe and and what have you like the lifeguard mm -hmm. thing is real first responders come on pay them what they deserve let them let them uh, hire as many as we need. I want my family and any kids that I know. They they, they don't report how many lives they save. You know they don't they don't. Right. This data is not available, but I know through a source it's significant every year, especially on the beaches, and uh, yeah. and and the pools as well. The big pools. They, the lifeguards do a really uh, great service for a city, and I believe they are underpaid given their role, and they're not treated yeah. with the respect that this, as other first responders like firefighters ambulance uh nurses it's it's unfortunate and i think they should be because we are a coastal city with a lot of beaches and a lot of and we should have more pools and uh we, we, share more pools. we rely on these young people generally to have this experience and be able to save lives in the moment talk about yeah. stress i wouldn't want that job no way uh-uh you can have it i don't mm -hmm. want it first of all i have to no, learn no, to no. swim properly i was Totally doing it. Oh, I'm a very good swimmer, but that's the thing. I love to swim. And that kid's pool, I have basically been in kid's pool twice in the last three years. And it's been on my birthday both times because I literally camped out to get a, a reservation for 45 yeah. minutes to go swimming with my kid twice in three years. That has got to end this year. It, it, it needs to be fully opened. It needs to be back to the way it was before. It needs to be seasons passes and people paying their money to get in there and it should be affordable for families. And by the way, there should be places for people to park that they don't have to pay for three hours if they're only going mm -hmm. swimming for 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Like there's a and, lot. And how, when is it open? When does it go from, I don't understand why it doesn't go to October 1st. First of all, it ends, it Labor Day, which is ridiculous. It does. September can yeah. get so warm. And yeah. when does it open? When do these pools open? May long weekend. Hey, long weekend. April's yeah. generally can be warm enough. It's pretty much warm enough right now to go swimming in kits. I think if it's turned in a heated pool, oh. for sure. There are there are days in the summer uh, and and fall that can be chilly like today, and it's a perfect day to swim. It's not about sunbathing. It's it's about getting outdoors and using the facilities. We pay for these, and we pay for upgrades and repairs, and we just need to get out of our old. We've always done it this way. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that really drives me bonkers. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to get to the Arbutus, uh, the kits, uh, social housing. Yes, your favorite subject because it's a tower in a neighborhood you don't. I, you know what though? Here's the <laughs> thing. I I don't really mind. I don't really mind. Um, I've got friends who live in the area. I don't live far from there. Um, I would be more comfortable with five smaller buildings that felt more like a community for the people that are going to live in them. my family my mom as a single parent with two small children lived in what would be considered co-op housing would live in what was subsidized or rent controlled to some degree it was blue ridge gardens in north vancouver actually back in the day mm -hmm. and we had a great community there it was four stories but there were five of them in a community with a pool in the center no lifeguard 
go figure back then <laughs> we were yes. it was just up to us to take care of uh, what was going on but we knew most of the people in the complex and and you looked after each other's kids you know with mm -hmm. greg and i as, as little kids we had peter marton who lived in the building across the way that would eyeball us coming home from school and be like i'm right here kids no cell phones or anything but that's how the community worked and what what feels like and i was listening to colleen hardwick on with uh, mike smith and she, she was, you know, naming off a bunch of, bunch of things that she really disagreed with in this particular building that it's oversized and the units are super small. And then, of course, it's right across the street from um, a school. Great. And then it's right across the street uh, from um, a woman's shelter um, who are escaping violence. And I don't know. You know what? I, it's I also know. right There's... next to a giant terminus station of a giant train system that's going in yeah. in an area that has it's it's i'm sorry that school is a private school it's a private catholic school you know it's if it's 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 not a problem and where do people supposed to live and and then the other issue is that it's not that tall it's 12 stories come on it should be 50 stories at that stop at that station 60 let's go 100 i i don't understand the problem here it makes no sense now if you want to talk about design and you know, the whole Yale Town concept, for example, is the point tower with, with townhouses. The, the challenge we have, Jody, and now we have the Broadway plan, is that kids, like so many areas in the city, and I talk about this all the time, have stopped. We've stopped doing community plans. We stopped right. stop talking to the community. So you look at Yale Town, you, the point tower, the townhouses, you've got a backyards. Basically, I live in one of these townhouses that has a open, my door opens, and there's a volleyball court and a communal area. 15 kids have grown up in this little 10 units in the townhouses and, and the bunch yeah. in the town. I love, where, I love where you're living. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a possibility, but nobody's planning this stuff. This is the problem. This ad hoc randomness is what makes people. Let angry. me jump in. This let me jump in there because upgrade yet. there are towers in kits. And that's the point that I was trying to make off the top yes. is do I think there should be one big fat pile right there? Because so many people lack the forethought of actually creating a little bit more community density where we've seen supportive housing, which is what this is technically called supportive housing, mm -hmm. um, peppered throughout all the, all over the West side. You never hear about it. You never talk about it because it works. It's good. It doesn't have like 200 people lined up to say how much they don't want it to happen. Or, you know, the other side of it lining up to scream, nobody cares about anybody anymore. And it's just this fighting that happens and then nothing gets built. And then you need a behemoth where a bunch of people get piled on one another without the amount of support that's that's what i get out of it my mushy middle is it feels like there aren't enough supports for what is being built and if there were instead of a 15-story building with however many units in why not six no moderate sized buildings no. with better supports in why george why is it's better to have a larger building to create a support Why? system than a smaller one, if you actually put the proper support systems in, because you can control it better. You can have more people in there staffing. You put this, the cost of staffing in a smaller building is becomes insanely expensive. You, you have two buildings. Each building has to have a, a, the same number of staff as you have in a taller building. It makes no really? sense. It's the math. Yes, that doesn't make sense. A lot what? of these are What do you mean, of course? Built. More people, fewer. Yes, more because people in generally it's a whole, because the process, if you look, I live in Yaletown, there are more of these kinds of housing units and they're almost all towers around, within like literally all around my building, every building almost yeah. around my How's building is social. You? It's fine. Actually, the buildings oh, are fine. It's what happens at the park two two blocks away. 
that isn't taken care of or the safe injection site where they allow people to sleep on the sidewalks and don't keep them moving. Come and get your injection and get the hell out of here. What are you hanging out here for? Stop living on our sidewalk. Don't go to the park and hang out there and do your drugs there. This is, this is what happens. I when think, you have, I think that's, you're, just, that's I think another issue on, though. But I think you're hitting on what, if I had, to, and I can't speak for Colleen Hardwick or the people who are arguing the other side of this to your point. Um, but I, I believe that they would, that, that the, the point they would try and make is that, if you have too many people without the support in one spot, you're going to end up with that happening at the park across the street. And in this case, the park across the street is, is at elementary school. And, and I'm not arguing that there shouldn't be supportive housing. There must be. We're behind on it. And that's the point I was trying to make is there are towers in Kitsilano. There are six, eight and 10 story towers peppered through the community. And you don't even notice them because they just fit in i know but and this it's like area... would a 60 story or 100 story tower make sense there i don't think so i think that once you're over 12 stories you don't even notice the height you know i think really people make... would i think people would because the services in the neighborhood are not there like it's just not it just doesn't exist because but most of the, of the social and housing go back units to these units usually have zero tolerance right so in if you want to live in these units these buildings they have zero tolerance so in the buildings that are, are managed around where I live, they are generally run by church groups quite often. They are developed and built by them, several of them. They're, and they and they have yeah. this, it's a zero tolerance rule. One next to me is half social housing normal. The other half is corny, people who are drug addicts, alcoholics, right. they've got in there. And uh, the whole building, though, is zero tolerance. You're not allowed to drink in your suite anywhere in that building. It's not allowed. So where do they go to drink? Well, they they're, they're get kicked out if they come in drunk. They're not allowed to be there. They get they have strict rules. You you break the rules, you're out, you're out, and so they. Follow I, I the have rules. to point out though, jo I have to point out though, George. I never once mentioned who was moving in. I mentioned the quality of the living space and environment and the numbers of people, not who's moving in. Yeah, because we've been the the un, unwanted, you know, the the single mother with two small children who works all the time and is you know stretched to make ends meet. That was a reality for us in you know 1977 um there are many good people who just need a leg up and i think that it's really important that we get on it and make housing a, not just affordable but livable and livable for small families and livable for mm -hmm. that that niche that can't afford a great expanse we need affordable spaces for people who are living at or below the poverty line to get a leg up and hopefully this will start down the right path and instead of lead to armageddon which so many people are predicting that it will the people in the nimby side of things because i'm not in the nimby i just it's like it feels like you, something's being uh, rammed into a neighborhood where it could be more as you said planned and i think there are examples yeah. where that's true the the unit that building down in in olympic village where it was supposed to be a seniors development and last yes. minute in the last minute the, the city have decided to switch it to make it half Seniors. The Marguerite building? Yeah, Marguerite Ford building, yeah. who's never yeah. actually gone and smashed a champagne bottle against it to celebrate this building that was named after her, former city council. Yeah. Uh, it, it, wasn't plan it was a terrible planning process. They had it yeah. for seniors. Then they said, no, let's put half the people in there that are people who are drug addicts and have and without any support system, without staffing, without a, you know same entrance, all these things. You can't do that. You can't do that. that I makes worked no at sense. Breakfast Television across the street. I worked at BT. I watched that the building before I got. I saw everything get raised. I saw that building be built, and then I watched the first four years, three and a half years of its existence. And every single time I looked out the window, there was an ambulance in front of it. Every single time, 
it was in it was in nightmare building and hopefully the lessons have been learned from that mm -hmm. moving forward let's hope that that's yes. a fact i'm sure we'll be talking more about this as we continue on on spun word <laughs> uh one more thing i wanted to shoehorn in here is the showdown yes. at the legislature kind of sounds like you and i today george <laughs> i see in the legislature holy cow yeah soft on crime soft, this soft on crime premier they're on. I think they're taking the the, the playbook from uh, ABC in Vancouver a little bit to try and use that. They saw that opportunity that ABC and Vancouver played that card here pretty successfully. Obviously, the data, the polling is showing that people are feeling unsafe across this province. So the BC United Party, as it is now called, formerly BC, BC Liberals, are going hard on that. And it was yeah. interesting. I saw Mike Farmer. He went on a mad streak in there. Oh, yeah. um, just really. He's good. He's amazing. You know, when he goes on, and he's he's pretty impressive to watch. That guy is. You show your experience in in the legislature and question period when you can just kind of go at it. But I will say, and I've talked about this, the decisions that he was talking about. He was arguing that it was the BC United's fault that these things that the reason we're in this situation. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. I want to just point back to decisions that were made by the NDP in the early nineties. Uh, about uh, the deinstitutionalization—that was an NDP decision. Many of the criminal justice system decisions were NDP decisions in the early '90s. We talk about this all the time. These are decisions that were made, not only provincially but federally on the housing front, 30 years ago. That are killing us now and killing people because we have yeah. 50,000 units that weren't built. We have crime on the streets. We have drug addicts. We have no institutions because we oh, we don't want institutions because. These governments decided these were bad and now yeah. it didn't have a solution. And then the Liberals got in afterwards. And sure, you can blame the Liberals or now the BC United for coming in after the NDP made these terrible decisions and not figuring it out. Because Reversing them. Yeah, because yeah, I think you didn't think what would happen would happen. And it did. And here we are now with homeless people living on the streets, uh, arguments about these buildings and kits, uh, people repeat dying sentinel overdose, Pro repeat offenders. offenders. This is, what, this is what this is what sparked the argument. No, not enough police. Blah 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 blah. Go yeah. on and prolific, on and on. And on. Prolific offenders is what really sparked Whoever the was in, power in the legislature. Yeah, thirty years ago, is to blame for this. A generation ago, decisions were made, and that was the NDP in BC uh, that have led us to this challenge here that we have on so many fronts in British Columbia. So don't point your finger at just one party. Point your finger at successive governments who've made terrible decisions, and now. It's going to take 30 years to fix if anybody ever has the guts to do it. I don't think we can go on from here other than to say you got to follow us on social media for more <laughs> like this from George Affleck. George. Affleck at George underscore Affleck on Twitter. That's where you find our lovely George Affleck uh, at Unspun Podcast on Twitter. Unspunpodcast.com is where you sign up. I'm at Jody Vance on Twitter and on Instagram, J-O-D-Y. And you're on TikTok, George. It's super fun. Let's mention that. Yeah. Experimenting. Experimenting was more of my marketing side than uh, not on, not politics, but... Uh, I love your marketing side, though. It's There's some great tips on there. Yeah. There are. I, I, I mean, it sincerely. We didn't plan to, to mention you. it. It's a complicated like platform. It. I'll tell you, it's not as easy as Twitter and Facebook. It's way more complicated to pro post the stuff. But you know that. Correct. Well, you come up in my For You feed. I like it. All right. Like it. I'm right, for enjoy. you. <laughs> enjoy your week, crazy people. <laughs> Bye. Bye.